Hi guys, it is the 28th of Shvat. We're up to chapter 29, Parak Chavtes. So Parak Chavtes is going to last um, just about all week. It's like five or six parts. Um, it's kind of intimidating because it's a very intense chapter with diamonds. Literally, like, it's really an amazing chapter, but it's also really depthful. <laughs> like, it's really, there's a lot in it. Um, and it's one of those chapters that when you look at it face value, you're like, oh, what the heck is Alterba telling us? Like, Alterba telling us to break ourselves and be mean to ourselves. And, like, a lot of the language very much appears like that. And so when you first look at it, like, it's like, what are you saying? But obviously, thank God, Hashem really, this is learning this Tanya has been the biggest gift for me because for me, what it forces me to do is not give up like i'm not teaching a tanya class with altar is telling us to be mean to ourselves it's not gonna happen <laughs> so i have to figure out what the altar is actually saying you know what i mean and and i and i have i mean i hope i'm i hope whatever Hash, only hashem knows if <laughs> what i'm doing is ms or not but from what i'm understanding this really is really ms um chapter 29 really holds deep deep truths um, once again, extraordinarily in line with everything psychology, everything IFS, and it's just, it's just mesmerizing. Really, really, I'm humbled. Like, I'm, I'm humbled that we have this gift of, of Hasidus. I'm humbled that we get to, like, understand these truths. So, let's just go right in. Um, okay, Peret Chavtes. So, because Parak Chavtes is, basically, I spent many, many hours today, like, understanding the fullness of Parak Chavtes, because it wasn't making sense, I just didn't understand it, it was, I was very confused, (laughs) Um, but because it lasts over the course of so many days, I'm going to try to not go so much outside, I'm going to try to stay more inside, might be an unrealistic expectation, we'll see how I do with that, but very, in very short, um, Perachavtes is all about something called Timtum Halev, right? So just a little bit of context again, because why not? <laughs> Honestly, I guess I get to decide what I say and I don't say. There's no like expectation here. <laughs> okay, but anyways, just for context, I, I personally always love having context for things. I think it makes things much clearer. So for context, we spent the first, um, I guess, what was it 25 chapters of Tanya? talking about our soul, our parts, the fact that the Bainanese job is to live a life where soul meets parts, right? Where soul doesn't kill parts, but soul holds parts. Um, and then we ha- we're spending these chapters talking about what happens when parts show up, you know? What does it mean to hold our parts? And so we talked about, like, what, what does it actually look like? So we talked about sadness. We talked about sadness over things that are happening in reality. We talked about sadness over things that could happen the thing the potential things the thing the struggle itself the fact that i'm still struggling with things and the sadness that comes from a result of that and now parachavtes kind of shifts gears and parachavtes is all about this thing called him to which you could say is coldness of the heart or apathy of the heart or whatever but essentially what Tim Halev is is Tim Halev is when a person see how i do it repeating everything that i just learned <laughs> I like have it all written down, but like sometimes saying it out loud is completely different than than writing, you know. Um, Tim Tim Halev is when a person 
is so i'm gonna use ifs language and then i'm gonna bring it back down into practical Timdamalev is when somebody is so blended with a part that the part is them so what's an example sad just for context okay sadness is i feel pain i feel like i'm not lovable and that hurts and i'm sad about it and i'm scared about it and it feels overwhelming and i'm anxious about it and i'm it's sadness the what this way that this author has been talking about sadness until now it's a visceral experience of your part i'm feeling the fullness of this part and i and i'm sensing it i feel it it's over it's sad it's overwhelming whatever it is if it's fear i'm scared it, I, but i feel it tim tom apathy is i don't feel the part i am the part it's not that i think i'm unlovable and that makes me sad it's i am unlovable and that's just what it is <laughs> it's not even it doesn't even phase me it's not even like oh it's so hard to be so unlovable it's so hard to be so unwanted it's so hard to whatever else whatever other part a person might have that you know um a person that feels like they need constant validation from other people in order to be okay right let's just say that one oh it's so hard to constantly need validation from other people like no this person isn't saying it's so hard this person isn't saying i'm so sad about it or i'm so anxious about it this person is living in a state where the part literally just is them i i they don't even it's not even in language necessarily it's just this visceral experience of this is who i am this is what it is this is just reality i am broken i am not okay i am unlovable i am unwanted i will never have a good life i um people don't actually want to be around me people actually will only want to be around me if i perform a certain way if i do if i make a certain mistake then i won't be wanted anymore and it's not like and that makes me anxious it's just what it is it's literally just this experience of i'm so blended with my part that i don't when you're blended with a part you don't know that you're blended with a part it just is the reality and honestly often and alter was literally going to say this which is very interesting oftentimes this kind of person when they're one of their biggest statements that they'll say is i'm fine and actually i just i recently watched a ted talk actually i watched it a long time ago it was not recently <laughs> But basically, she like put up this like um, she this, this head talk and she writes on the board on like the screen um, like F and then like asterisk at sign exclamation point. Right. So it looks like a swear word. And she's like, what is the worst word you can possibly use in your lifetime? And obviously, everybody's like assuming that she means the F word. But then she puts the word fine. She's like the worst thing to possibly say about yourself is I'm fine. And essentially, that's the state of, of being that this Alter Rebbe is talking about this now. This person that he's not saying, I have parts of me that feel broken. I have parts of me that don't believe that I'm good enough. I have parts of me that are, feel unlovable, that feel whatever, all this stuff. And it, and it bothers me. And I, I want to fix it. I want to grow in it. I want to, about all of that, the Alter Rebbe was saying, you make set times, depending on when it comes up. If it comes up in a spiritual high, if it comes up when you feel like you've already dealt with it and now you're trying to focus on something else, it's okay to ignore it you are your higher self you know all these things that the altar ever already told us about what to do when these parts come up and we're feeling them but now this is a whole other category of i'm not feeling these parts i, I am these parts <laughs> i am i am this 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 not it's not pain it's it, it's essentially pain 
And that's what all, the answer that the altar is going to tell us is to feel it. That is going to be the answer that if you've become so blended with the part that you're not even feeling the part, the answer is to feel what it actually feels like subconsciously. Because in truth, you know, it, it is hurting. You know, I, I once, um, Reggie, Dr. Reggie Melrose, I, I recently, um, this was actually recently, I watched a uh, conversation with her and Chase Taub talking about like people who go through trauma and how they need to be approached and things like that. And she was saying that oftentimes somebody who's in such deep pain you know, like there's four responses, fight, flight, freeze. And then there's this new one called fawn. It's not new. It's just, but it's essentially when you basically make, you make your life look perfect. You're not, fight would be like, I'm constantly, you know, they look like they're in this hyperactive state. Oftentimes that's addictive behaviors, whatever. Actually, I don't know if addictive behaviors would fall into the category of flight because it's like needing to numb, needing to run away from the experience. I'm not sure. Anyways, oftentimes a person who's in the state of of pain they are so dissociated from the pain because they're so blended with the experience that is causing the pain the inner experience that's causing the pain of this belief that they have about themselves or of the trigger that happened you know if somebody got deeply traumatized and now they are in the state of perpetually trying to protect themselves from that ever happening again they're not going to be like oh i need to constantly sometimes it's i need to stay constantly vigilant and that is how they're manifesting but a lot of times all of that constant vigilance happens the way she explained it was they're like a duck and for a, a duck they look very calm on the water but underneath their legs are flapping they're they really are in a state of constant hyper arousal they're in a state of constant vigilance constant protection their part is on fire trying to protect them trying to keep them safe trying to make sure that they don't get hurt again but they look like the duck on the water they look fine and they say they're fine and they they're just walking around <laughs> you know and that might come across as oh I don't, I don't i don't really get too close to people or it might come across as not being able to commit to a relationship or you know being doubtful of any friend who believes that who's trying to become close to them or never being able to rest you know some people they just need to constantly be achieving and they look like they're just busy they look like they're just awesome oh you're so busy but often and not always but often it's the state of of timtum halev where timtum halev okay how does all that connect because timtum halev isn't when somebody is just lying there numb that's one aspect of numbness that Dr. is talking about it, it could be how that person's reflecting just actual numbness but the part of them that's numb in this person is the voice of self Somebody that's experiencing Timtum Halev, it's that their higher consciousness, their, their voice of self, their, their, the voice that is not just the part that's protecting them, that's the voice that has no, no say. They are the part. They are the... And again, that's not the word, I'm not going to use the word pain because this person doesn't necessarily even feel like they're in pain. But they are blended with the brokenness. They are blended with the trauma. They are blended with the story about who they are with the identity about who they are that is a reflection of klipa instead of a reflection of godliness that is coming from sitra akhra, that is founded on separateness that is founded on not good enoughness that's founded on unlovability not reflection of, of hashem so that was a very long introduction Baruch hashem <laughs> okay so um we're gonna start reading inside because the altar literally explains everything inside, so I really don't need to do much introduction. 
But okay, this is actually one of the longest chapters of Tanya, interestingly enough. It's a really big topic, you know, because what we're going to see is that there's a spectrum of being blended with our parts, but it's something that all of us deal with. Really, it's something that all of us deal with. I mean, if you just think about how many times today you have said, I feel anxious or I feel nervous or I'm scared or I'm sad. I hope you didn't say that many times today. (laughs) But how many times in your own life you just naturally identify with the way you're experiencing something and it's not that that always that that's always bad and honestly the answer is to feel fully the way you are feeling it but the problem happens when you're so identified with it that you don't even feel it you're so identified with the pain that you stopped feeling it and now you're just now you are it you you don't even feel it anymore because it is you so it's different than feeling ang- anger. Feeling anger is a very healthy, is, is what we're meant to do. And it's what literally the prescription that the altar is going to give us. You, you're in the state of Timtamalev. You're in the state of being so blended with a part that you literally cannot even find that space of soul inside of you. Feel your pain. Feel your sadness. Acknowledge it instead of continuing to just identify with it. Okay. Ach od achas. This is another thing that Bainanim have to deal with. So again, this is Alfred was saying, like, this is what I'm doing with you guys now. I'm going through each of the things that is going to come up in the life of a Bainani. What's another thing? Occasionally and even frequently. So this happens quite a bit. It comes up in them, aka in us. Timtum halev shenasa ka'evan, the dullness of the heart, where the heart becomes like a stone. And this person cannot open their heart to do the service of the heart, which the example that the author is giving is davening. I just want to say though that this is this is or the this is being this reflects itself in davening. The author tends to give the example of davening because davening is one of the most I would say important and also significant, like the word isn't significant. I'm looking for a certain word. I can't remember it. But if you have an open heart, you're able to daven. If you don't have an open heart, you definitely can't daven. But having an open heart, having this feeling of your heart being on, alive, that I can feel my higher self inside of me. I feel this connectedness inside of me. That transits into many different ways in addition to davening. But it also translates into being able to daven and to be able to talk to Hashem and be like, Hashem, I feel you in my life. I feel connectedness in my life. But this also, I mean, you can say this in anything. This applies to being able to connect to another person and connect to ourselves. Somebody recently told me that, you know, I, I, I want to sit down and try to journal, but I can't. Like I sit down and I just, I can't connect my thoughts to my actual experience that I'm having of myself. Like I, I feel numb. And like, that's the op, that's literally what Altar is saying, that it's this feeling of just numbness of, I don't feel like I'm present inside of myself. My heart doesn't feel open. I don't feel expansiveness in my chest where, which allows my, it's almost like that expansiveness in my chest allows like, right now I'm, I'm feeling it because I'm talking about it, but it, it's almost like it roots your feet down to the ground and you feel like, wow, I'm in myself. I'm in my body. My heartbeat is pumping blood into me like i am in this heartbeat <laughs> but that experience is something that that's what we're saying is very hard to experience i don't usually experience it 
Um, and also sometimes. So again, just the fact that Alter is saying davening, davening is the expression of this happening. When you have this experience, you're able to daven. But somebody who doesn't have this experience, they're not able to daven because davening is a manifestation of this open-hearted experience, of this connected to myself experience. And also, this, this heaviness of heart, this timtum halev, this feeling of I am my part, I am not self, I am part, doesn't allow me to live in the space of, of battle with my yetzer. Oh my gosh, I feel like this time is going to take 45 minutes because every paragraph has more. You should see my notes. Oh my gosh, it's hysterical. <laughs> I have so many words written down, but I literally never read them. <laughs> Like one day, one day if I ever like try to do something with all these recordings, I don't know, I have, I have some visions, but if I, and then like I try to like correspond the recordings to the notes, like I'm going to laugh because it's two completely different <laughs> experiences. Okay, anyways, this person, now he's trying to wage war with his Yetzer, aka to live in the space of being able to hold his parts, right? But he can't. And what else can he do? And he also cannot sanctify himself in permissible matters because of this heaviness in his in his heart. So, what did we? We already talked about this concept of and what we talked about is what Alter told us about is that the ability to do the ability to look at something that you're allowed to have and say, "I want to breathe before I indulge." I want to breathe. I want to find space between me and what I want, between me and my desire, between me and this thing that I'm going, that I'm chasing. That space, that higher self-consciousness that allows you to make choice is exactly what the person with Timtum Halev is missing. Because they are, because they're completely blended with part, they're, the self doesn't have room to talk. They, they have no access to the space inside of them that isn't part, that isn't protective, that isn't try to survive, try to survive, stay protected, stay protected. So for them to be able to say, oh, you know, let, let's just say, I mean, even, even like drinking, that person, right, they're in a social event and they're completely overwhelmed because in, let's just say even in that moment, they're so blended with the part that they're not even necessarily feeling oh, this, they're not, they're not, it's, it's a very hard distinction to make in words. Um, they're not saying, I have social anxiety and that bothers me. They're saying, I am dying. <laughs> they're inside of the experience. They're not being aware of their experience. They are the totality of that experience. So now let's say that person tries to, their coping mechanism, let's just say, is to numb themselves through getting a drink. If you go over to that person and you're like, oh, you know, let, why don't we wait a second before having a drink? Let's, let's, let's see if we can find a different way to cope with the situation. Somebody that's saying, oh yeah, I know I struggle with social, social anxiety. Right now I'm really struggling with it. They might be able to talk to you and be like, oh, what's another coping mechanism? Let's think. Maybe we can, you know, hang out with a friend. Maybe we can sit on the side. Maybe we can go outside and breathe for a second. But this person that is the social anxiety, this person that literally feels like they are dying in that moment because of the overwhelming experience that they're having, slash because they think people are judging them, they think that whatever it is that's going on inside of themselves, there's no room for conversation. Oh, maybe you shouldn't drink. Maybe you should drink. 
they're gonna go take a drink. They're gonna go and there's no space. There's no higher consciousness that has the ability to interject. And just another example, it would be like somebody that, let's say somebody that's completely blended with feeling unlovable, right? They're not saying, oh yeah, I have a part of me that sometimes thinks that I don't deserve love and that if people get too close to me, then whatever, all people, everybody has their own. But for a lot of people, it's if people see who I really am, then they won't love me anymore, right? Let's just say that one. So this person, and so because they believe that about themselves, if people get too close, too close to me, then they're going to see who I really am, then they won't love me. So I put up these walls. I cannot go towards love, right? For that person that is in the sadness category of it, that they're going to be like, they can go to a workshop on attachment theories and learn from it and then go home and be like, oh, wow, let me, pra- let me try integrating this into my relationship. Let me see if I can talk this through, wonder about this, curious about it, mm, set time, do therapy, ooh, awesome, cool, right? That was what the altar was talking about before. But this person isn't saying I have an experience inside of me that feels like people don't love me and that if they got too close to me, they're going to not love me anymore. And so because of that, I'm being avoidant or anxious or ambivalent, whatever it is. This person's not saying that. This person is filled to the brim with the experience of, I am not lovable. I am not able to be in relationship. If somebody gets too close to me, they will run away. They are that experience. And so for you, if you go over to them and you're like, oh, let's have a conversation about attachment theories. They may talk to you about it, but it's just not going to mean anything to them because there's, they don't have the space. It's literally, they do not have the space to be able to have that conversation. They do not have the consciousness that allows them to say, hmm, maybe there's more to me than this pain. Maybe there's more to me than this experience of self. They are literally that experience of self. They literally are, they feel themselves to be that part. <laughs> a lot of words. Okay. Um, so, and that's why they're not going to be able to because that ability to say, maybe I want to choose this. Maybe I don't want to choose this. I'm curious if I need this. I'm curious if I don't need this. This, this kind of action is, you know, valuable to my life. This action is not valuable to my life. All of that. It's just, this, this person is in fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. This person is in complete protective survival mode. They're not they're not in the space of being able to say, oh, do I want this or do I not? Do I need this or do I not? They're literally just in constant reactivity because they're so blended with the part. And again, don't, if you, for me, I was like, oh, I don't relate to this. But then I'm like, you know what? Dalterb is not saying, and literally those are the words that Dalterb used. It's not about all the time. It's sometimes and even frequently. Meaning, this isn't a state, and we're going to see this later, that there's a very big spectrum of this kind of person. But it's not an all or nothing thing. It's not like somebody is, the, some people are this way 100% all the time. And those people are generally the people that experience the most trauma, that literally they never leave the state of survival mode, of blendedness with part. They're on constant vigilance all the time. But for some people, it's only in certain parts of our lives. You know what I mean? Usually you're live with consciousness, but then sometimes there's certain things that trigger you and you just go straight into this blendedness with part. And it's not that you're upset about it or you think that there's anything wrong with it. It's just obvious. 
and just to start noticing as we can progress in this chapter what are things in your life that you just take for granted about yourself things in your self-talk or in your emotional visceral experience of self that are just what they are beliefs that you have about yourself that or beliefs that generally oftentimes they're beliefs that we have about ourselves in relation to other people so you know if i were to show up in this way people would fill in the blank or if i stopped showing up in a certain way then fill in the blank or you know whatever whatever it is but aspects of our experiences of self that and sometimes it's about inner story and sometimes it's things that are have to do with our outer story you know if i don't get this thing in my life really soon then fill in the blank if i do then fill in the blank you know like so but these things that we kind of take for granted about our experiences of our of self and kind of just decide this is terra motion me this is what it is <laughs> there's no ifs ands or buts about it i've it those are experiences where we're having tim tim with those experiences meaning it's not open-hearted it's not i'm not curious about that experience it just is what it is um okay so continuing um okay so the author is going to give now advice about what to do about it and then going to continue the conversation more about why this advice works. But first, I thought this was interesting, the author first gives the advice and then is going to talk about why the advice works. So what is the advice? This is what it says in the Zohar that the president of the Academy of Gan Eden said. <laughs> If you have a wooden beam, you have this thick wooden beam that is not catching fire, what should you do? You should splinter it. You should split it up into a lot of little pieces. If you have a body that's not catching fire, aka the fire of the soul, if it's not, if you have, if you are not able to catch the fire of your soul, your consciousness, your higher self is not able to speak through you in certain experiences in your life, it should be splintered. And it's so funny, sometimes, and honestly, thank you, Hashem, and thank you, I don't know whoever translated this, Tanya, because otherwise we wouldn't have it. But like, it's just funny. Like, it says, it says first, literally the Pasuk, and then the translation, a wooden beam which does not catch fire should be splintered. Gufa de la salak be nahara a body into which the light of the soul does not penetrate. It's the same word, except for about the beam, it says splintered, and then about the body, it says crushed. And I just wonder, why did they do that? <laughs> and I guess the answer is because they didn't know. I, but they, it's not that they didn't know. I don't really get it. I don't know. I guess because later the altar does say that it should be crushed, and we're going to explain what that means. But right now, what the president of the Ghanaian Academy said... <laughs> is mevachin that it should be splintered it should be split up into little pieces and what does that mean what does that mean it's a good question um i literally was thinking about this all morning i'm like how could the altar but tell us that we should be crushing ourselves that we should be splintering ourselves that's so mean <laughs> and then i just was thinking again and again I'm like the altar but cannot it's not possible the altar is trying to be mean what is actually happening here and i eventually realized after a lot of listening to a lot of people and a lot of thinking about it for a long time that 
what is causing blendedness with part? What is the experience of being blended with a part? Is when I I am my part, right? What what is that experience? That experience is almost you can look at it like a big log. I am the fullness of this experience. I am the totality of this whole thing. It's just me. I am this. So now take that visualization of this wood that you're trying to catch fire. What do you do? You break it into little pieces. Now you have a wood chip here and a wood chip here and a wood chip there and a wood chip there. And then suddenly the fire can come on it. Suddenly the, so- the, the light can ignite it. The altar is literally telling us this is your solution too. Take a moment to start noticing that you are not just one big sum total of everything. You are not just one big fat log of disaster. <laughs> you are actually a lot of little parts. You are a lot of little parts all creating the one big log that you are. You're your past traumas, you're your past experiences, you're your childhood. You are all of the voices inside of your mind that are telling you things about yourself. Const- you know how many voices you constantly have inside of your head? A lot. You're not just one big thing. You're made up of a lot of little details of your life. And the first step towards healing right now, the first step towards taking ourselves out of this all or nothing mentality of this is who I am and no questions asked, no if, ands, or buts about it, right? It's starting to notice I am actually, I'm not just one big thing. I am a composite of parts. I'm made up of a lot of little experiences and a lot of little voices and a lot of parts. I am a composite. It's not just, it's not just, it's not just what it is. The, the log can be broken into little pieces. There are little pieces that have built my life to where it is today. I didn't just come from nowhere. My pain isn't just random. I don't just like happen to believe that I'm not lovable. <laughs> it's not just the only reality. Like this reality is here for a reason. It came from somewhere. And when you can start to break the log, when you can start to splint, it's not break, oh, terrible break, ah, it's splinter it into pieces, it's, it's, it's break it down. <laughs> Notice where it has come from. Notice the elements that are sustaining it to be what it is. You don't just believe what you believe. There's voices that are creating that belief. There's experiences that have created that belief. Notice the people around you that are currently in this exact moment that you're in affirming that belief about you. Like we are, we are a composite of parts. And it's what the first of the altar is saying is that you're not random. Your pain isn't random. The way that you're experiencing yourself right now is not just what it is. It is what it is for a reason. It is what it is because of all the parts that are creating it to be what it is. And that's very exciting. It's very exciting because it gives us room to think about it. It gives us room to now be, get curious you know? Okay. Um, wow. Okay. We're already 31 minutes. Ah. Okay. Um, try to continue more in Hebrew. Perish. The light, this, what is not, the light of my soul is not able to penetrate over the coarseness of my body, meaning my parts are so loud that the light cannot penetrate through. Even if I contemplate on the greatness of God, it still is not able to get into the hardness of the heart. Um, because of the degree of the coarseness and crassness, meaning I'm so blended, I'm so 
this part is so loud this coarseness of my heart is so it's like the walls of my heart are so thick that as much as the higher consciousness the higher self is trying to get through and say hey hi i'm here i just can't and it's literally like looking at somebody that is just so sure that they're not lovable and saying have you ever read about attachment theory <laughs> it's just you know it's it's, it's just hysterical it's just a pointless conversation or let's try meditating or you know let's wonder about what's actually the deeper truth it's just it's not possible how did this happen how did this person become and and this could be why this person cannot even believe this person cannot even begin to acknowledge that there might be light in him because they are so blended with the darkness how did this come to be how does this happen vasiba he gosses vasiba the reason is the cause of this experience he gosses haklipa is the arrogance of the klipa the inflation of the klipa that spreads itself just like that eagle over the light of the godly soul literally casting its shadow over the godly soul and it obscures and it darkens its light literally the part hides access to myself okay and so what what must maybe it's very possible that it's the way that I'm understanding it, but it's like very confusing in the sense of it goes in and out, in and out, in and out. Like we keep talking about the cause, the solution, cause, solution, cause, solution. Alter is not just like telling us the cause and then telling us the solution. It's cause, solution. So it's a lot of back and forth, especially for me because I try to explain everything all the time. <laughs> very much details. Um, but it's okay. It's going to keep flowing. Um, what, do, what does a person have to do now we're going to go back part two of breaking it into smaller pieces. What are we meant to do once we have now these smaller pieces? What are we supposed to do with them? Okay, so now I know that I have this inner experience of that, oh yeah, I learned when I was a kid that I'm not lovable. And so now I have this piece inside me that says I'm not lovable, but it's, I still am identifying with it. I still feel it. I st- joking, Hannah says joking. <laughs> this person is not feeling it. This person is not saying, I, I don't feel it. I am it. What does Alter say this person must do? They have to crush it and cast it down to the ground. What, what are, what, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I hope that I'm being honest about this. Like literally Hashem, like, you know. But I think that what Alter is saying is, because what Alter is going to continue to say is that you have to break yourself and why do you have to break yourself? Because the self that you're identifying with is the klipa. So you have to break yourself and bring yourself down and call yourself these names and f- have this lave nishbar, have this brokenheartedness. Why? Because that is the experience you're already experiencing. But the problem is that until now, you've been experiencing it subconsciously. You right now... Be, the, the, what it means to be blended with a part is that I'm experiencing this pain. I'm experiencing this. I'm experiencing pain, but it's subconscious because I am. I am it. I am the thing that's bringing me pain. I am the protector. It's not that the protector is protecting me. I am the protector. So what Alter is saying is that stop being the protector and now feel the pain of the protector. Notice that this pain that notice that the experience that you're having is inside of you and feel it fully. Feel what you're feeling. So okay, feel literally 
um, crushing it, cast down to the ground. I think that what Altar was saying is feel as low as you feel. <laughs> if you feel like you're on the ground, go to the ground. Acknowledge the depth of the pain that you're presently experiencing. Again, this is only at set times. To to bring yourself down. To be despicable and contemptible in your own eyes. My opinion, I think what Altar was saying is Speak your own self-talk out loud. These words. What are these words? Despicable and contemptible. Like nivza vinimas. Like what are these words? And it's funny actually because oh my gosh. See, I don't think I'm making this up, guys. I'm just remembering that in the previous chapter I was also oh what ah Hashem is so cool. I just flipped back in Tanya looking for it and I opened up to exactly that page. I'm just going back to chapter 28 of Tanya. It was the last chapter. He must not be downhearted nor feel dejected and despicable. So the altar already told us that this feeling of despicable is a voice of self-talk that you may have about yourself, right? Feeling, and, and it's funny because it really is a common self-talk. It's, it's not that far off. <laughs> Literally, what do people believe about themselves? We, we believe that we're not good enough. We believe that we're bad. And what Altarb is saying is take set times to say those things out loud. You don't have to keep it some big secret. It's not some, you know, we, we're in so much shame about these self-talk voices. And it's not only shame, it's, it's just is what it is. I actually am bad. I actually am despicable. I actually am this hard, this, this, this gross thing that nobody wants to be around. It's just true. What Altarb is saying is take set times and speak out loud these things that you think about yourself subconsciously. Say them to yourself. Look in the mirror and say, I feel despicable. I believe I am gross. I believe no one will ever love me. Say it out loud. Feel that pain. Cry it out. Go to freaking therapy. Like, feel this stuff. Feel this stuff. You're, because what the altar is coming from is already he told us, you are not these experiences. This isn't who you are. You are... You are divine breath being breathed into being. I mean, like, you are a freaking light. Oh, so you're identified with these voices? Okay. Speak them. Speak them. Don't keep them in. Don't continue to just identify with them as the only reality. It's really, really, really powerful. Okay, then the next paragraph. Literally, are you guys noticing how literally each paragraph is like this world that the altar is bringing us on this whole journey? I'm kind of glad, actually, that we have the whole week to go through this because there's going to be so much more. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, next. This next paragraph is also just so powerful. Velev nishbar. So we should have this broken heart. Ruach nishbara, which is going to lead to a broken spirit. He has to drop. So what? Okay, I know this is already 40 minutes, but I guess whoever wants to listen can listen because this is just too cool not to share with you guys. So I was looking into what it means, ruach nishbara. So ruach, there's five levels of the soul, right? Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chayachida. Nefesh is the lowest. Nefesh is the way that I manifest in the world. Ruach is the second to lowest, um, which is, ruach is the world of emotions. And the Altar is telling us to have not, not chaya nishbara, not, what the, what the Altar is telling us to have nishbara, to have this brokenness of, is our ruach. Ruach is the state of emotion. It's the state of visceral experience. 
of this is what I feel and this is this is what it is because it's what I feel. It's an emotion it's an emotional state of of isness of this is this is how I feel. This is what it is. <laughs> right? And that's the part that the, that the altar is saying is is that the altar is telling us to quote unquote break, to quote unquote splinter, to to walk into instead of just instead of just accept as what is. But how do we do that? How do we have this Ruach Nishbara? Is by feeling it. Literally, the way to have this Ruach Nishbara is by feeling how I feel in my Ruach. Experiencing consciously, experiencing in my body the way that I'm experiencing myself subconsciously. I'm in pain? Okay, I'm going to feel that pain. I don't believe I'm lovable? Okay, I'm going to feel what it actually feels like to go around life thinking I'm not lovable. I'm not going to just continue to say this is what it is. I'm going to feel it in my Ruach. Fully, fully feel it. Um, so what is this thing that I'm, quote unquote, having this broken spirit of? He has sitra achra. I'm feeling the darkness. I'm feeling the sitra achra that has invaded my soul. Shehihiya adam atzebeinanim which is, in this case of Abenani, the person himself. So it's not, the altar is not saying, event, later we're going to see, okay, which is the person himself. Basically, I am the one experiencing it. I don't experience it, oh, there was once a person that felt this. I feel it inside of me. Later we're going to see that what this leads to is the ability to say, the ability to, to kind of move from, I feel angry, to there's a part of me that feels angry. But it starts with saying, I feel angry. It starts with saying, there's this place in me. There's me that feels this feeling. And I'm going fl- to feel it fully. Um, okay, let's talk about this tomorrow. Because there's... Ah, I'm so exciting. <laughs> there's so much more to say right now. But I'm not going to even go there. Because um, there'll be more time on other days. I'm taking the sticky note. And I'm putting it by tomorrow's class. <laughs> Um, okay. So, this person, what is their present tense experience? And again, this is a whole spectrum of how blended we are with our parts. But the baseline of a banani is somebody who feels that they are their parts. I am the feeling that I'm experiencing. So, I am my emotion, I am my experience of self. By this higher consciousness, what do I say about that? This neshama that you gave me is pure. That you gave me specifically. We are unlike tzadikim in the sense of that a tzadik identifies with their soul and the part. They don't even have parts, but if they did have parts, the parts would be something else inside of them. Whereas the baseline of a benoni or a rasha that's trying to be a benoni is somebody that says, I am my human experience, right? Like Shays Taub says, I am, we naturally say I am a human being having a spiritual experience, but the truth is that we're spiritual beings having human experiences. But that's not our baseline. Shebahem in them, aka in Sadiqim, who lahafach, the opposite. Shinishama ha-tahira, she nefesh alaykis, hu ha-adam, begufam nikra, besar adam. The pure soul, the godly soul, is who they are while their body is the secondary thing. And now this is just a story of Hillel Hazakin. Um, read in Hebrew, Chomer Hillel Hazakin. Tamidav Keshaya Halech Lechol. The Hillel Hazakin, when he would go to eat, Hayyamer, he would say, Shuhalech Legmol Chesed Im Haluva Vaania Hugufai. That he was going to give tzedakah to this poor and low creature, which is his body. 
doesn't say creature. I just translated that. See, that's the thing about these translations. He didn't call his body a creature. There's no word here that says creature. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> which is his body. It's like a stranger to him, a foreign thing. That's why he said, He was giving it food, almost like a favor. Because he himself is only a godly soul. And he is going to give his body the food. Because the fragmentation, the other side, the not reflection of godliness was completely transformed to the side of godliness. And it was completely absorbed in the divinity of his godly soul. So that's the end of today, I think. Yeah, just slight note though. If you are if you just heard that last part and you were like, oh, so we're never gonna get there, so mm. <laughs> I've already told us this so many times, but I'll just repeat it here because I think it's important to notice. We're not meant to be tzaddikim. I mean, literally, Alter just told us that. But this whole experience of what Hill Hazakin, how he lives, of that his body is something that is completely in a separate category, and he is the soul that can feed his body. Da da da. It's not like oh, we can't get there, so we'll just be here. It's we are actually not meant to be there. We are meant to be in the state of being that we are in, and growing from that state. We are meant to live in this baseline of or meant to start from this baseline of i am soul soul and parts and i often feel myself to be my parts but the power and the potential of where we can grow to from there through being inside of ourselves um is just enormous and is the purpose of creation and the purpose of our creation so i am not going to try to recap this tanya it was way too much but i'm excited for tomorrow and we're going to continue to explore the Alter Rebbe's approach to somebody who is having an experience of blendedness with a part. L'chaim v'levracha. 45 minutes. Wow. Longest voice note. I mean, longest uh, recording so far. Thank you guys for being here.